What's up, guys? Here with you, FC Wonder Kid, episode 113. Here with my guy, Fredson. How are you? I'm doing good, Alex. And uh, I think we need to pop right into things. Normally, it's what? Transfers, transfers, transfers. Um, but man, it's on steroids this week. We've got so much to talk about on top of Kylian Mbappe making everything about himself. Just kidding. No. U21 euros, U19 euros, under the radar transfers. There's a lot of work to be done, but, uh, how are you doing, Alex? I'm, I'm doing so good because the ineffable, the ineffable move of Kylian Mbappe yeah. seems to be happening. Tick. Tuck. I completely agree with Sheringuito with that quote because it's tic-tac for Kylian Mbappé to join Real Madrid. He said it. Yeah. He said it. Yeah. Like, it's insane yeah. the quotes that we the 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 press conference that Mbappé held this yeah. uh, today in Cameroon was unbelievable for every Real Madrid fan. He clearly stated, Mbappé stated in today's conversations with the journalists that it, it PSG didn't have a winning mentality to go and win a Champions League. And when asked why, why, what do they need? He said, don't ask me. I'm not the person to answer that question. That is Mbappe's attitude. Unreal. And Mbappe had 41 goals and nine assists. And we all know those stats in La Liga with a La Liga champion that wins a Champions League too, that's a Ballon d'Or. And he can, can't get that at PSG. And he's realized that. Yeah. He's realized yeah, well, that. I mean, he realized that after he saw Lionel Messi leave. After he saw... I mean, what, what I need to kind of wrap my head around is what was the expectation when you give the guy, a young kid, 22, 23 at the time, the keys essentially to the castle? the keys to the decision-making. And then when the time comes for him to kind of own up, I mean, I guess he's doing his part on the pitch. But off the pitch, to call the locker room divisive, to call the ownership group divisive, I mean, we're talking about Real Madrid supporters almost feel bad for PSG supporters when it comes down to this. Mm. This is your marquee signing. This is the guy that was supposed to lead you to the promised land of winning your first ever Champions League and here he is now passing the buck because in the end, him and two of the most famous and best players of all time in footballing history couldn't get it done. I don't think it's the ownerships group as much or that it's got to be a 50-50 split for me, Mbappe and, uh, and the ownership group at PSG. They mm. did everything they could to make this happen. They couldn't get it done on the pitch. They picked wrong when it comes to uh, the the coaches leading them forward. So you know what? Excuse me if I'm not a little perturbed about his quotes, even if I do in some respects agree with them. And I would actually, as a Real Madrid, uh, you know, if, if I'm Florentino Perez, I would be looking at this and, and seeing maybe, maybe a red flag, at least one red flag that comes beyond the football playing ability that we all know Kylian Mbappe is capable of. But I'm looking at Kylian Mbappe and saying, this guy will turn on you the moment he gets a chance. So Isn't you, that scary to think about? For Florentino Perez, I completely agree. And Nasser yeah. Al-Khalafi said after Mbappe's quotes yeah. to the media today, why doesn't he leave just now? The bomb has yeah. been released, and this is why the Mbappe leaving is now 100% real, people. Believe in what we're saying right now, because it's never been 
as inevitable that it is right now. And I think yeah. Doha and Qatar, since Mbappe sent that letter to Florentino Perez, they were humiliated because we all know that in that letter was in 2024, I will be signing for free to Real Madrid. No transfer. Jeez. PSG is the losing team. After losing Messi, after losing Neymar, after losing everything that they could get and they wanted, which was the Champions League. Even the managers. There's no manager that has succeeded since Tuchel left. Okay, at PSG. Yep. It hasn't worked out. So a lot of yep. question marks. And Nasser Al-Khalafi uh, was reportedly spoken uh, from players that are arriving at the club saying that this is not the right mentality from a star player yep. in the team. I bet Asensio was one of them. I bet yeah. Asensio was one of them. So you're doing exactly what you need to do for Mbappe inevitably to go to Real Madrid. I really believe he was one of those players saying, Nasser, come on, we don't need players like this in our, in our locker room. And understandably so. I think Mbappe and it's will never yeah. have another training session at PSG. It's over. I mean, it, it already seems, and I, I haven't been able to verify this, but it already seems like he's been pulled off of some marketing materials um, mm. for some, some uh, you know, friendlies that they're going to be playing in the near future. But listen, uh, we're going to talk about Real Madrid more in, in a little bit, because obviously if, if you can look past what I see as a red flag from a personality standpoint and from, uh, like, I own everything, and I'd rather, you know, chat with Kim Kardashian and whatnot, a uh, type of... Uh, addition, Galactico addition, no doubt it would be to Real Madrid. I'm actually pretty damn excited, excuse my language, with the PSG refresh. Mm -hmm. Let it happen. Clearly throwing Boku money, Boku bucks, at, at really, really solid players and expecting the personalities just to mesh, for them to just ingratiate everyone else on the team to them and make them play an incredibly fluid style of football, that didn't work. So now you move on to getting the right person in charge. You've got Luis Enrique. I, I would think that that's a good start. And now you start getting shrewd business deals done to build a core. Asensio getting his chance to shine and be a marquee player for PSG, I think is going to go a whole lot better than most people are going to give it credit for. And on top of that, all of this overshadows what I think is one of their most solid signings in the last few years. And that's Manuel Ugarte. Nobody's talking about him now. Why? Because Kylian Mbappe made it himself. Made it about himself. And Manuel Garte deserves to be talked about because $60 million makes him the second most expensive transfer in sporting history, not including inflation. But it is huge because he led the Champions League in tackles one. He led the Primera Liga in uh, tackles one. And this kid's a warrior. And I salivate thinking about him, Zaire Emery, thinking about Vitinha, thinking about this midfield that can actually come up and do some fun stuff in Ligue 1. And I bet you, I mm -hmm. bet you, they, in a year or two, can make a good run in the Champions League. Because it's not about star power as much as it is about building a team. With so I, I'd rather look more at that PSG positives <laughs> if supporters out there are trying to grasp for anything after this Mbappe. You said it best. Mbappe well, bomb that just hit. With Luis Enrique, as it seems to. And uh, I yeah. think it's, it's not surprising because I think... They could happen. Neymar staying at PSG. Because the best, sure. one of the best Neymars I've ever seen was with Luis Enrique, if not the best. So if he yeah. manages to convince Neymar and do a correct rebuild, we could see a PSG team doing better bits this season. More of a united group. And I do believe that midfield is much better. And signings like Milos Kirinjar that are underrated too, in my view. But Seriously. going back yeah. with Mbappe, 
Why will yes. Mbappe 100% go to Real Madrid too? Because his mother has officially opened a soccer agency. And if you have a football agency, you got to make the right deals for your clients. And Mbappe's yeah. mother wants the best for Mbappe. And the best thing that could happen this summer to him is going to Real Madrid and willing, winning the next Ballon d'Or after that. Because that's the most likely thing to happen in, at Real Madrid. Mbappe, that happening. And it's it's not no. unusual to see uh, parents or family members being the agents of top players, especially at the elite level. We see Neymar, then, we see Messi, we see even see Harry Kane. Harry Kane, his then, agent, is his brother. <laughs> then, Pretty easy job, <laughs> if you ask me. But this summer, he's yep. going to get the real test. But, but Mbappe's mother has Probably. gained... 600 million in the space of five years with Mbappe. Moves to leaving Monaco and now with PSG, even that extension. I can't imagine how much money that was involved. So that's yeah. why PSG feel betrayed. And yep. let's see now if they're going to let her rip and him going to Real Madrid. And yeah, because we even saw Arsenal. Did you? Let me just ask you this, Bretti. If you were yeah. killing Mbappe and you had to go to the Premier League between Arsenal and Liverpool, who would you go? Ooh. First off, Americans own both of those. And if, if I could never see Stan Kroenke actually okaying a compensation package for Kylian Mbappe. So sorry to throw water on that. But yeah, as of right now, I don't know. I mean, no. Arsenal is very clearly trending up. And I'm sorry I don't have a quick, quick answer for you because it's, it's so much more nuanced than that. Obviously, right now, everything feels like it's going Arsenal's way. I have a feeling... Like 2023, 2024 might throw a little speed bump in that because it feels too good. I think Liverpool is going to have a massive come up. I think they've shown that they can remain relevant uh, even uh, even amidst last year. Even you know, and they've been incredibly dominant if you take out Manchester City but, over the last few years. Mm -hmm. So I would actually say Liverpool. Mm, I, it's it's interesting. They definitely have options to an attack. So I'd like yeah. that, but reportedly by Independent, they were yeah. saying Arsenal was Mbappe's first choice. So if yeah, Arsenal yeah, yeah. sign him, that would be Thierry Vives, and he wins, that would be insane. Saliba, yeah. convince Mbappe, yeah. but let's let's see. But people, put down but below your thoughts about the Mbappe deal, and if you agree with yeah. me that it will happen next week, do you think it will, Breton? <laughs> I do. Uh, I do. With I us. think uh, Sorry. I, it's put up or shut up now. PSG's got to do it. Uh, they got to get the money they want, and Kylian Mbappe has got to make the move. He's pigeonholed himself. That's it's it. Champions League and Ballon d'Or or bust for Kylian Mbappe. And so, yeah, because uh, he has the bomb be has been dropped. The like, best player in the world. That's the level. Yeah. Because if he's going to those mm -hmm. Michael Rubin f f parties, Kylian Mbappe, he's got to be the best player <laughs> in the world. Tom Brady was there. And like, I don't know, like elite people, Kim Kardashian, as it seems. I don't know. but Yeah, man. And, 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 and if it doesn't work out, blame Kim Kardashian. I think we can all come back to that, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <days. laughs> but going, keeping with the Real Madrid standpoint. Oh, Real Madrid went yep. bold. Every, I saw mm. so much news last week. Barca's going to sign Arda Guler, Barca this, Barca that. Florentino Perez wouldn't let that happen again. Since that Neymar transfer, Florentino Perez wants the elite wonder kids all to join Real Madrid. Hendrik yep. signed, v Rodrigo, Vinicius, and now even Arda Guler. 
Like, Barcelona fans can't catch a break. They shouldn't say no. these rumors. <laughs> no, I, I, it was a, it was an incredibly shocking 180. Uh, I was very, very surprised. Uh, even because I felt Artiguler, especially for the compensation. I mean, he ended up going for what twenty million euros plus another ten million potentially of add-ons. Um, this this is in the wheelhouse of what Barca can get done, um, and I, I'm just kind mm -hmm. of shocked that it turned this way. And it brought me to thinking: like, if you're a young footballer right now, mm -hmm. watching these two, you know, behemoths of Spanish football go at it mm -hmm. for talent. Um, where would you pick? Arda Guler, and, uh, you know, I would go to Real Madrid. Yeah. I think it was the right yeah. choice for Arda Guler. Being a young Turkish kid, seeing Ozil growing up, sure. like he must have been inspired. And he even said, yeah. I had so many offers, but they all lost value the moment Real Madrid kicked in. Yeah. That is a true Madridista that has the dream to succeeding as a Galactico. And I really believe that Arda Guler, by the end of the season, he'll be a super sub. At Real Madrid. Yeah. At least that. Yeah. I think I, I'm more I'm more hyped for Arda Guler than Brahim Diaz. I know Brahim Diaz played well oh. at Serie A. But as a super sub, Arda Guler, something can happen, man. And seeing the development, learning with Modric, yeah. learning with Kos, learning with these vets, and with the talent yeah. that he possesses, that first goal in that Turkish national team, that speaks levels. Watch out for Arda Guler with Real Madrid. This is going to be and a story, no this transfer window, Bretton. I'm it, it, it is. It, it it feels it. And and the Real project, the Real Madrid project um, speaks volumes right now because this midfield um, and there's no guarantee they hold on to all of this talent. They might need to fund uh, <laughs> yeah, certain Kylian Mbappe signing, which we'll talk about. But yes. come on, Jude Bellingham, Aurelian Schumani, Eduardo Camavinga, Arda Guler, Brahim Diaz, learning from Tony Cruz, learning from Luka Modric, Federico Valverde is there for now. I mean, this collection of talent in the midfield is is absolutely stunning. Uh, even if you lose a piece or two, it's still stunning. And what I love about Goulart is he's still a canvas. He's still a blank canvas, I should say. He still is somebody that uh, can be molded mm -hmm. in any way uh, that Florentino, not Florentino Perez, but Ancelotti sees fit. And what it comes down to for me, what can, um, you know, who is the next boss? Who is the next boss? That's what I need to understand because Ancelotti is only going to have a season with him. Well, and who is going to be the person that actually paints this canvas that is Arda Guler? Because he's not an out-and-out out, out winger. He's more of an inverted winger, likes to come in. He could play as a 10. He could play a little defense. There's so much that, that's good about Arda Guler. Um, how do you use him in this current setup? And right now, if you plug him into last year's 4-3-3, I don't think it's going to work as well as some people think it is. So there's got to be shifts, but he's 18. So where do you go from this? It's true. Um, I agree with right. that. I agree with that. And and Chelotti will not be staying long term. But yeah. I what, what I want to focus in the that I think Real Madrid is focusing to is on the future. And mm -hmm. in order to convince the right manager in the right project, you need to have the players established. And the promising thing about this window is seeing the future of Real Madrid sign in this window. I'm going to say this. Real Madrid, <laughs> this summer, will have an iconic summer like in 2009. I'm going to say that because Mbappe will cost like 200 million. Jude Bellingham, that was 100. Jose Lu, great transfer. Fran Garcia, great transfer. Brahim Diaz, coming back, that's a good deal. And Arda Guler, 
like uh, such a talent a true madridista yep. too this is going to be remembered long term i really believe in that case and arda Guler, the signing yeah. the twitter post signing was the third most liked post ever in transfer news history only right. beaten by Christian Ronald going to Man United and PSG signing Lionel Messi. Those were the two most liked. And Arda Guler's third. Like, the Turkish fans are insane. So the hype, the Enough. hype is so, so real. But Arda Guler yeah. happened. But Barca did moves too. Barca had, oh, to, Barca. Like, Barca had to answer. And I didn't know. Yeah. I thought Vitor Roque was going to cost like 40 million. And his release clause was 40 million. I was shook. Shook when I'm seeing 75 million, including variables, it's a lot. is how much Vitor Roque is going to cost. And the most yeah. expensive signings ever leaving Brasileiro, number one is Neymar Jr. for 88 million. Number two is now Vitor Roque for 75 million going to Barca in January. And number three is Hendrik that left Palmeiras that's going to Real Madrid for 72 million. Unre it's Sheesh. happening now. And we know it Rodrigo, is. Vinicius, all of them have happened in the past. Renier Jesus didn't work out, but that happened. So seeing these three transfers now, it's, it speaks of, of, of the attention Brazil is starting to get. And and, and here, here comes the financial policeman uh, that nobody cares about. But where? Where are you getting these funds? And now, uh, from what I've heard, at least on this side of the pond, is that it's a significant amount less upfront, and that a lot of it is structured um, in terms of Vitor Roca and uh, what's going to happen there. And a lot of it is also add-ons that he may or may not hit. And I think, like, you know, winning a Champions League might be one of the clauses. Uh -huh. So it might be a little more financial, uh, financially shrewd than maybe we're going to be giving it credit for. But it very clearly needs to likely be funded with some outgoings, mm -hmm. right? And Barca is not like Chelsea uh, unloading everybody that they, they currently want to get rid of uh, as fast as they would like to. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see how they fund that, fund it, just like we know that there likely has to be outgoings when it comes to funding, uh, what'd you say, $200 million potentially for a Kylian Mbappe? Plus, yeah, plus they, salary. They can't, plus salary. Yeah, plus salary. You're like, you, can't, you can't fund that without having a few of your first 11 easily. Yeah going out the door and i know you know you and i offline have talked about is it federico valverde or that leaves? Many, yeah. is it or aurelian shuameni who i feel like only just got there mm -hmm. but what's so insane about these this artiguler versus vitor roca uh real madrid barcelona it, it, it's obviously got everybody back in the classico game exactly. right it's got everybody outside of real madrid fans and barcelona fans whether you're you're taking a side right you're taking a side when it comes to this, right? Who are you backing in the future? And while it isn't, I think, as momentous, if Mbappe happens, it is as momentous. Mm -hmm. But it isn't as momentous yet as the yesteryear of Messi, you know, of the yesteryear of the Galacticos, Galacticos 2.0 of Real Madrid. But it is on its way. And that, in and of itself, is exciting. Most importantly, because they're signing incredibly skilled exciting young wonderful talents that I, I i can't do anything but get excited about bellingham um, they so. literally stole the best english talent that they could get yeah. jude bellingham from from yeah. premier league football Real Madrid. yeah that happened and yeah. something that avitor rock 
professionally yeah. has 5,935 minutes played. He's got 35 goals and 11 assists. A Cruzeiro at Atlético Paranaense and for the Brazilian national team played. Insane at such a young age. And Xavi, with his development that he has been doing with other players, with Vitor Hock, I am hyped and with high expectations. Because Xavi hey. knows how to develop young players, as we've seen this past year with Balde, with Pedri, with Gavi. We're going to see it with Vitor Hock, and he's going to improve massively too, learning with Lewandowski ahead of him. I am yeah. hyped to see in January what happens. Woo! I'm so hyped. And Liminia Mall even. 15? Yeah. He's already played. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's apparently about to get a contract uh, extension or actually a professional contract 16. of some sort. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But they're, they're, they, are, they are ready to commit assets, and it shouldn't take too much to make sure that Liminia Mall uh, does not go uh, the way of some other La Mesia uh, mm -hmm. talents. And that's the crazy thing here is that for every Laminia Mall, for every uh, big signing that they bring in, Barcelona is definitely beating um, Real Madrid in one thing. And that is creating a lot of talents that go on to kick butt elsewhere, mm. right? Um, so we, we all saw Ferran Jutkla, right? We also, like Nico Gonzalez did okay at Valencia last year. He might get a chance in the first team this year. We'll see, or at mm. least in squad this year. Um yeah, you, you, there you go, because he has to be sold, right? Yeah. But on top of that, you're also letting guys go like uh, Victor Barbera, who is the star right now at the U19 Euros. Again, he's pro probably not going to play for Barcelona's first team, but they let him go for free. They could have sold him last year, right? So there's still a lot of improvement that could be made on funding these things, but the, the academy, La Mesia, is going to play a massive massive part in that and could be a funding machine not like you know a little bit like what manchester city has turned into mm -hmm. and they should look at that more That's be true. unapologetic about re requesting the right amount of funds for the talent that you actually build up otherwise be upfront with them and tell them you're not getting into this first team we're going to sell you off so you can have a career elsewhere it's true um, i agree so it's with interesting that to barca think. needs to do better they're offloading of talent Completely agree with that because they can't play them all. Completely agree. No. Nope. Tell us down below your thoughts about Real Madrid and Barca transfers. We want to see your thoughts in the comment section. And transfers, just want to say, yeah an icon. 12 years at Man United, but the end of an era was definitely necessary. He leaves with the Golden yes. Glove. Uh, that shows and remarks even more that he is a legend, but Onana is very needed. And Onana and Man United. Yeah will definitely be one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Lisandro Martinez, Varane yeah. ahead of them. A midfield that's rejuvenated with Mason Mount coming, with Casemiro leading a two with Bruno. Like, I, Eric Ten Hagera, high expectations for what's coming next season. Man United, it, I am, I'm pretty surprised. I am pretty surprised. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It, they, they still, I mean, they've already got their man. Um, I, I think I'm going to throw it out there. I don't want to be that negative Nancy guy, mm. but I am going to throw it out there. Andre Onana had a phenomenal season, no doubt. One of the biggest reasons why Inter Milan wound up in the Champions League final. Okay? Yes. Say that. Get that out of the way. He's also known for some gaffes. Okay? With his time at Ajax, with his time at other places. Okay? So, we're going to throw that out there. I'm just saying, Manchester United, this, this is not the finished product. If you're expecting him to be less error-prone than a David De Gea, He's not. 
He's not. He will make mistakes. In fact, he's crap at distribution for the most part. No. But Andre Onana is, he is one hell of a shot stopper. Onana. Onana's great passing the ball. He's great passing the ball. That's just one of his best traits. He's so, he's he's a sweeper keeper. He's known for that. Yeah, he's he's not as good as people are making him out to be. What? I disagree. I, his, I think Onana... his career level, his career levels previous to the one season he spent at Inter Milan, speaks volumes to that. But <laughs> but Inter Milan, this if we're going off of this last season, which the sixty million likely is going off this last season, because remember he missed the whole season, it's true. right? For it's true, doping reasons, other purposes. Yes. Um. Yep. But he, uh, very much so, is I think being bought at the peak of his value. Exactly. Uh, I really, really do think so. And and not not the peak of his ability necessarily. Uh, and I don't. I think he might revert to the mean. But no. with with that said, the fact. Listen, De Gea. That had to happen. Twelve years at the club. I... You know, it was Fer- it was Ferguson that signed him. It is so many games, captain. So many ups, so many downs. But when it comes down to it. There's no doubt he was one hell of a servant for the club. Uh, it it was wages that spoke spoke right. I'd rather bring in Onana, who is still a young goalkeeper, and yes, this is me saying positive things about Onana, and work with him at much less wages than to continue paying De Gea what it was, which didn't feel enough based on his form as of the last few years. And we're talking about the Golden Glove winner, right? We're mm-hmm. talking about the guy that you know prevented a bunch of goals and had the most clean sheets in the Premier League last season. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, um, I don't think Onana is an upgrade. I don't. I really but I think, think that he is. He, I, oh I think he is the financially right move what? to He's, be done. Onana's ball distribution is so good. He's one of the best goalkeepers in the world with it. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> and let's, let's, I, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be watching the Premier League. I, I don't want to see him fail. I'm just saying that. I, I just don't bold. think he's as good as everyone's I, I making him out. I think he makes today. some bad decisions sometimes. And he does, he does big mistakes. Okay. In which I think the, the, not the worst trait, but the thing that Onana improved a lot this season was his focus and concentration. That was a big okay. thing that he lacked. And at Ajax, the best Onana yeah. was with Eric Ten Hag. Was with Eric. Yeah. Ten Hag. So I'm going it's with that. Trip. And I'm, I really believe that United have striked a really good deal. But Onana, yeah. great deal. Midfield, sorted. Hey. But they still need to get rid of Maguire and they need to get a striker. Okay? Because Maguire yeah. in that locker room as a captain ain't going to happen anymore. Because if that's the deal, <laughs> they will not win the Premier League. They can't. Top four. No. That was shocking to happen. But to win a yeah. title, competing against Liverpool better. Arsenal better. Chelsea better, even. I think Chelsea yeah. against Man United if they don't get a striker. Oh, my days. Both uh, teams, Man United yeah. and Chelsea, are desperate to land a striker. Well, got to say that. I'm going to have to say it. Yeah, I'm going to have to say it right now. I mean, the, the Mauricio Pochettino. Pochettino, I'm sorry. Pochettino. Pochettino. Goodness. <laughs> my, head is, my head is everywhere. I'm sorry. Uh, po- Pochettino uh, connection with Harry Kane, that's got to mean something. You know, mm. that has to mean something, does it not? <laughs> I Chelsea don't think it has does. the wherewithal from Steinin, but you don't think it does because Harry Kane was some of his played some of his best football. Because they had some of their best success at Tottenham under mm. Pochettino. I, 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 so I do, I do think they have an excellent relation, a uh, relationship to them two off, off the football pitch. But 
I think what Chelsea needs to fix their biggest problem, and it's the uncertainty for the future. Pochettino needs yeah. to get results. And Kunku, great move. Levi Colville, mm -hmm. they need to keep Levi Colville. Get Moises Caicedo to be with Enzo. And they need to fix, to fix their striker issue too. But Chelsea have positives. These mentioned, like I said, they have to keep Levi Colville. They have to get Moises yeah. Caicedo with Enzo. They, they, but they have Rhys James there too. So they have talent to, to surround these players and a great decision. I have to say, big applause to Chelsea for bringing back John Terry. The biggest problem, I think, at Chelsea is that the culture sure. is disappearing. The culture that people like John Terry built at Stamford Bridge. He won 15 trophies and he played 580 games as a captain for Chelsea. And those youth and players need a legend like him at Chelsea to ingrain them the 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 Kobe yeah. and the right culture of the Blues. And that's why Damn. I believe that the future of Chelsea is in really good hands because Coben Mounts has come out. Reese James has come out. Come out. Levi Colville yep. has come out. These are English national team level players. And many more yep. players will leave with John Terry helping that development. And Pochettino will oh. even help that too. Like Pochettino yeah. is a rebuild manager. And I understand his appointment. But it's, will he well, win a Champions League? He went to a final. About jo <laughs> but about John Terry, Alex. Yes. All I got to say about that is what took you so long? <laughs> I mean, bring him back. He should have been there. He should have probably never left. What the heck was he doing at Leicester City? Okay. And when it when it comes down to it, he's actually going to have to be probably called upon uh, to to act as a liaison between the massive amount of center backs they still have on the roster when they don't have a whole lot of fixtures heading into the season because they don't have European football mm -hmm. to play. That's they true. don't have European football to play. So you're going to see some offloading still happening there. But but the defense I'm less worried about. It's we were talking about the forward when it comes to Stamford Bridge, right? And I, I just think if you're looking at this, they're gonna overthink this. They're gonna overthink this and over litigate this striker uh, decision, and probably understandably so because they have had, based on their standards and what they're trying to do with a refresh, they have had terrible, terrible recruitment when it comes to attackers as of late. Not attackers that just came in, but previous to it. Kai Havertz didn't work out. Raheem Sterling coming over for 55 or whatever that was. Man City saying thank you for that money. Hakeem Ziyech, Ziyech Timo Werner, uh, Obama Yang. I mean, Lukaku we haven't even talked about. So when it comes down to it, it, it's crucial once again, we say it, I feel like every six months, it's crucial that they get the right person. The right person is Harry Kane. <laughs> the right person has to be Harry Kane. Not Rosmus Vinterholand. Not, you know, Nicholas Jackson yet. Everyone telling me that Nicholas Jackson is not going to be Chelsea's main nine. I, I, I'm i not so sure of that. Because there's only one answer in the Premier League, and it's Harry Kane. That's well, it. To win the Premier League or to, to fight to win the Prem, Man United yeah. most definitely need Harry Kane. But Chelsea, that I would be, that. to convince that, that would be... <laughs> but Chelsea too, eight players have left in yeah. this transfer window. And I think there's going to be even more. Even more yeah. players. You're going to see more than 10. And they've earned more than 200 million. So I'm really hyped to see what Pochettino does with Casade, With players like that I still doubt. And Andres Santos. I want to say mm. to everyone. <laughs> everyone no, in the thing. world. 
Andres Santos yeah. is going to at least have a preseason with Pochettino, and then we're going to see what happens. He's not going to Porto. Yeah. He's not going to Barca before he plays, a, like, minutes for Chelsea. We need to see, like, what, what they bought. So yeah. I want to just say that to the world. Andres Santos is still not for sale, or he shouldn't be at least for sale. And and the most likely incoming as of late is still Moises Cachedo, who you mentioned previously. And I think... That yeah, it's gonna go. It's gonna happen. But Brighton is doing the right thing here. Brighton is doing the right thing. They realize that the Declan Rice deal. And no, I'm not equating Caicedo necessarily mm-hmm. to Declan Rice, but am I don't know. But the Declan Rice deal set the bar. It set the bar. And they're looking at Moises Caicedo and they're saying, well, if we previously wanted fifty or sixty, it's mm-hmm. got to be eighty, ninety, maybe even a hundred million or bust. Because if you want him that bad, pay it. Yeah, pay it true. up. It's true, and so, I I applaud Brighton for that. As long as they don't, you know, bring back big bad Moises Caicedo on uh, Instagram, uh, like we previously saw post World Cup, if I remember correctly. And, remember that? Yeah, that's true. That is true. And they yeah. did get an extension with him, so he was earning mm-hmm. four thousand a, a week, and he was yes, like which being one of the a best. travesty. <laughs> and <laughs> but then he got an extension to get eighty thousand after that yep. post so i do understand that was a bit of a power move but i think this summer brighton will be selling they sold McAllister already and i think they're going to be selling McAllister too but it's interesting that we mentioned chelsea and brighton with these two players which yep. is caicero and levi colville too but people put down below in the comment section who do you believe will be the man united striker the chelsea striker and where will levi colville be next season because that is still a question mark but for all chelsea fans they hope it's at chelsea but we wanted to say to you guys transfers we want to tell you transfers under the radar okay this summer that you must pay attention that will have a huge influence in the the top seven leagues maybe or let's see even top eight leagues we're gonna mention it at a visa bit primera liga from my end league oh yeah we are we're gonna mention a ton of leagues so I'm excited to see what you're going to say, Breton. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, you want me to start is what I'm hearing. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start. We, we mentioned previously Barcelona. Very, very good mm. at creating phenomenal prospects that go on. And there are two. So I'm going to like put these together. Okay. The one is is Victor Barbera, who I already mentioned, getting picked up on a free by Club Bruges. A great next step for him at 18, 19 years old. This kid is going to go there. He's going to learn under Ferran Jutkla uh, and some others that they brought it it's a great next step for him and a very under the radar transfer that you need to watch now i don't even know if he has a card on so rare and some of the other places that people <laughs> like to pick this stuff up but barbara is one i am excited about as he's showing in the u19 euros but the one i really wanted to mention was somebody that's going to kick set the end uh setup at Real, and that's barca product Ilias akumak 19 years old phenomenal winger uh, very 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 talented Knew he was it. probably never gonna yeah on a free and realize that he probably was never going to get a shot in that first team. And I think Villarreal is the next great best step because Keek um, at the end has already given chances to Nicholas Jackson. He's given chances to uh, Jeremy Pino, Alex Baena. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, there's like one more, but those three are pretty big for how good Villarreal has been. So going to the yellow submarine for Akomak is a guy that you need to watch. And I think he's going to get, uh, attention 
from Seth Dien right away and get quite a bit of La Liga time this season. But we'll oh, see. Interesting, interesting mention. And I'm going to go to yeah. Belgium a bit because I think Belgium yeah. deserves a ton, a ton of mentions because the Belgium league was very interesting and they're definitely yes. under the radar. Uh, I'm going to say okay. Royal St. Gilles has Teddy Tillman. He's going to be leaving the oh. captain. He's from Malta. A player from Malta's yep. bowling out in the Belgian league. He was the captain too. Okay, 10 goals, 12 assists, and another player leaving Royal St. Gilles is Adingra. Pay attention yep. to, to Adingra that's going to Brighton because he's going to bowl out. So Teddy Toma and Adingra, two players from Royal St. Gilles, St. Gilles that you, you must pay attention under the radar. And if Boniface leaves... You must pay attention to him too. Nine goals and seven assists in the Belgian league. Very complete, strong striker that has excellent positional awareness. Bonifas, another Nigerian striker, killing it in the inter uh, in the club level scene. So those yeah, are my two. I, <laughs> two first. I, I love I, I love the the love that you just gave Teddy Tuma because he's not one that people really speak about, but Under he the is radar. one of the biggest reasons. Yeah, why why Sengil was <laughs> almost almost was able um, over the last two seasons um, to actually win a title, uh, considering true. that they were only promoted a few years ago. So that's pretty great stuff. But uh, my next one is going to be kind of, mm. this is less under the radar than, you know, whatever. And But it just happened. And he's a player that you and I have been high on this whole season. He's at the U21 Euros. And that's Enzo Lefay oh, yes. going to stud Renee, and it works perfectly because it rhymes. But no, I think it's more for me. Enzo Lefay going to Ren is more for me how unloved and how unspoken about most of the time that that stud Renee uh, gets. You know that they, they don't get talked about enough, and their recruitment is absolutely phenomenal. And while it's not exponential all the way to the top. They have seen, I think they've been no short of fifth or sixth place the last four seasons. They've been third, maybe twice. And they every year have some players that they can sell off, whether it's players they developed or players that they brought in in shrewd deals. Enzo Lefay was brought in for, I think, $20 million, And that is a shrewd yeah. deal because he could go for 40 45 50 in the very near future. But, like, I just need to spend two more seconds on Ren because... This is a team that still has Jeremy Doku. It's a team that still, for right now, has Lovre Magier. It, they are, it, are a team that have Kalimuendo and Amin Goiri, right? Guys that you can build on. Martin Terrier before he hurt himself last year. Um, I really do feel that with this PSG refresh coming up, whether or not Neymar stays, I really do feel like this particular season is a season like the Lille season where a good team that gets hot at the right moment and stays hot the majority of the season can do some damage and potentially break PSG's stranglehold on the League One title. Interesting. Um, and I hope, I'm going to say it right now, because you ready for this? My name is Breton, and they're from the Breton region, the Breton region of France. I hope it's Stade Rene. I would love to see it happen. Last season, it was Lorient that sat atop. That's where Enzo Lefay is coming from. They sat atop Ligue 1 for a little while. Nice. If Stade Rene does it this season, you're going to make a... Uh, I will be a fan of the Rouge et Noir and for life. 
if and they can get things done. So, Doku yeah. is one of the best wingers. I mean, Guri, one of it's the so best good. strikers. And Zulafe, yep. one of the best midfielders. Lovramaje, one of the best creative midfielders. Yeah. So in many positions, yeah. Terrier was one of the best wingers in terms of numbers in the past two seasons in yes. the Liga. So yes, Stadren yes, will definitely be contenders. <laughs> and, and I'm this, with you, Preston. I'm with you. Right, and, but, and Stad Rene is, is, a, is an academy that they gave us Eduardo Camavinga. It's they true. gave us Uzmane Dembele. They gave us Matisse Tell, who still has yet to, you know, he will get going at Bayern. We're sure of it. And right now they've got Desiree Doué, who is the next man up. And they're also going to sign uh, Janul Belokian, who is lesser known. He's a center back. He is going to be one that breaks out for Stade Rene. So this was less an under-the-radar transport. It was more an under-the-radar club it's that true. I would watch this season because I will be. And, and I agree with you. Under the radar transfers and club two, Stadrin, they've been doing good business. And so I, I got some Liga on two players too that have left right. Portugal to go to Liga. Lille have signed Bro. two fullbacks. Are they gonna? They have signed one fullback most definitely, which is Tiag Sench from Stril, uh -huh. right back for six point five million. Pay attention, okay? Offensively, he's one of the best. And for a nineteen-year-old, he should be in the under twenty-ones of Portugal. He dominated yeah. the Portuguese league, especially at the end when Stril didn't want it to go in a relegation battle, but but which they then, won, which they won with a player like Tiago Sanch. And my other player okay. is Leonard Lelu from Casapia, left back. So Lille next season will have two fullbacks, the young fullbacks that were bowling out in Primeira Liga, Tiago Sanch from Stril and Leonard Lelu from Casapia. So great recruitment once again from Lille. Here in Portugal, they've signed Tiago oh. Jalot. They got Rafael Leão in the past. They just know yep. who to get here in Portugal at a cheap price. So those two players, nice. pay attention to them, people. Tiago Sech and yeah. Leonardo Lil. I was going to ask you more about Tiago Santos because, yeah, that's right in your neighborhood. Literally right around the corner from you, right, Estoril? <laughs> and I know you've man. probably seen him quite a bit. But, hey, at least they're actually signing out-and-out -out fullbacks instead of making Timothy Weya play there. Um Leo, at least. That's All right, my, my next my next one for you um, is is also kind of less under the radar. If you're an American listener, you likely have been hit over the head with Ricardo Pepe <laughs> to Peter Bosch's PSV Eindhoven. But I really don't think people are giving it enough credit, okay? Did not work out at Augsburg. A lot of that was because of how he played. He was then sent on loan to Groningen, which, you know, also did not work out. But he managed double-digit goals in a very incredibly poor side with incredibly poor service but he stuck with it had his work ethic kept his eth you know kept his pressing going ricardo pepe just landed about a 10 million euro move to psv eindhoven and this kid is still young he's hungry he needs to now battle in the u.s setup with a certain fuller and balagun so this kid wants to prove himself and if you're going to PSV, you're going there not just for Bosch to teach you how to play striker, but to learn as much as you can from Luke de Jong and to set up as much as you can a wonderful playing relationship with guys like Shabby Simmons, with Johan Bakayoko, awesome. and the guys behind him. So I am stoked to see what Pepe can do. And I am going to say it right now, double-digit goals again if he gets the playing time uh, that I think he's going to get. I think he could go as high as about 15 or 16 goals in the Eredivisie this season. Ooh, the right move. U.S. men's national team striker in the future competing with Balogan. 
Ricardo Pepe. Oh, great to he see. He got it. Great to see Ricardo Pepe. And I think it's a great move for him because he was working out at Groningen, like you said. I wanted to put yeah. transfers under the radar to some free transfers because I mm -hmm. think there were some good free transfers done. I got to mention two by one club and one by Bayern Munich. The Bayern Munich one okay. free transfer. Rafael Kler deserves more attention. Leaving Dortmund to Bayern Munich. I, it's clearly an upgrade from him. He's going to win the 13th. Bundesliga title most likely and he will be much more talked in the international scheme of things Rafael Kreid with the possibility like of it. maybe Alfonso Davies leaving in two yeah. three years time Rafael Kreid could have the spotlight and my other two players under the radar is Usemaor going to Roma and Endica going to Roma yeah. too. Two free transfers. Mm -hmm. Mourinho seems to know how to do this with Belotti, with uh, with uh, uh, Dybala in the past, because Dybala too could mm -hmm. be leaving for a 12 million release clause to the outside clubs of the Serie A. But once again, we see great deals done by Roma, great deals done by Mr. Pinto and Mourinho. And yeah, yep. I wanted to give a highlight to that because I consider them under the radar. And Frategi to Inter, it's not really yeah. talked in the... In the English press, like I don't, I don't see it being talked big, uh, uh, not or oh, maybe in Italy it's talked big, but Fratelli to Inter is a big deal too, in my view. One of the best Italian yeah. midfielders in the world. So great play. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I, I, I love Evan Indica is a guy that doesn't get enough credit. He didn't Completely. when he was in the Bundesliga, and and I think he likes it that way. Uh, I believe now he's an Ivorian international, but at one point, I mean. You know, with the, the long list of defenders uh, with French heritage, he was never necessarily going to get a shout, but he should do really, really well for AS Roma. Yeah, um, all right, well, my, my last... Dinkra, we've mentioned in this video. That's Talon yeah. and Ivory Coast. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You can build quite quite a healthy list. Ahmad Diallo, yeah. you know, uh, Hamed Traore, who's now in the, the Bundesliga as well. Or the Bundesliga, the Premier League. But going to the Bundesliga, that's where my head was at. Where you just came from, because Evan Indigo was signed from there, I have to say, Xabi Alonso staying at Bayer Leverkusen does everybody a world of good. That's mm -hmm. that's a great thing. I want to see another season of him at Bayer Leverkusen. I also want to see him now with a midfield general, uh, twenty five million for him. Granit Xhaka is going to be great there. But the big signing that I like the most is a guy that also does not get enough credit. Uh, he was Gladbach's talisman, talisman for the last couple seasons, but it is uh, Jonas Hoffman. Jonas Hoffman yes. will not get talked about of the flashiest of players, but what you don't understand is that this guy manages to get on the end of a ball or to deliver a proper ball when he can, and it works in the Bundesliga, and Leverkusen needs exactly that so they don't have to rely on Florian Wirtz or Musa Diaby that much. Jonas Hoffman is... Uh, I believe he had 26 goal involvements in just 33 starts last season, and he is an immediate upgrade in that midfield, in that injury-prone midfield uh, of for Xabi Alonso. I think Xabi Alonso, he's he's 30, but I think Xabi Alonso is going to do a world of good for him oh, yeah. um, and make him a mainstay in the German kind of refresh that's happening right now in the national team. So great, beautiful signing, and I don't even know if it, I don't think it broke the bank. It might have been, it might be free. I think it's free. <sighs> unreal could be unreal that you're mentioning that transfer because it's a great deal when you have maybe Diaby leaving in the future and you need players yeah. that give guarantees in terms of gold 
And I'm going to say, since we're mentioning, it's not under the radar this, but v Flood and Virts that you mentioned Leverkusen, I think Flood and Virts yeah. and Jamal Musiala next season, when Nkunku leaves, they highly have yeah. a chance to be the best players in the Bundesliga. Okay? I know Kimmich is the best player too, and Jude Bellingham last season, but with these two, the spotlight is now open. So go bold. Or yep. Benjamin Cesco. That can be under the radar for many people. But I said it. I believe he can get 20 Bundesliga goals if everything goes right with RB Leipzig. Don't yeah. sleep on that. In Sievwald, right? Great midfielder, too, that can provide those assists. Two under-the-radar yeah. transfers that are power moves from Red Bull Salzburg to Red, Bu Red Bull Leipzig. My final well, player uh, under the radar that I want to yeah. say is Fran Navarro that went from Gilles Vicente to Paul Club Port. Pay attention to this move because... Taremi could be leaving Port, And Taremi leaving is great news for many European giants that need a striker because he can get more than 15 goals in any league. Taremi. I'm going to yeah. go bold and yeah. say that. I believe in Taremi, and I think he wants to make an impression worldwide because he's Iranian and he has a point to prove. You can see it. He wants Premier League. But if he gets Serie A to Roma, which is being reportedly big time, it would be a great uh -huh. deal. But Fran Navarro signed from Gil Vicente from Porto, 17 legals, great transfer. Pay attention to him, people. Fran Navarro from Football Club Porto. <laughs> Serious question. How much would Taremi cost? Uh, 15 to 20 million. Why, why would AC Milan not do that? I, I agree. Uh, I think they're just <laughs> being cheap because it's a one-year contract. Uh, he needs oh, to finish, Lord. and he's 30 years old. Oh, but the output yeah. of Taremi is more than 15 league goals, two seasons, definitely. He's 30. Yeah. So I think yeah, you should go for him. No, definitely, Brett. You're, you're relying right now on Olivier Giroud, right, who, who is yep. great. But he's 36, 37 years old, and he's not going to last too, too much longer. So seven years, his junior, six years his junior, seems a whole lot of... A, a lot of good to put that um, to put that money on. I think they also need a right winger, and they might be close to it. But I, I had to bring up AC Milan. It's not under the radar. But I, for our American listeners and, and any others out there following this Chelsea exodus, right? <laughs> Forced exodus. And they're making good money doing it. So let's let's be honest there. Christian Pulisic has found a new home. And and those of us uh, you know out there watching his ups and downs, more downs as of late at in a Chelsea shirt, uh, know that he still has put his moments uh, mm -hmm. in a Chelsea shirt uh, in the rear view. I mean, the guy won a Champions League yeah. he, he, trophy with them. The guy scored a massive goal in the Champions League semifinals against Real Madrid and assisted one um, to get them to the final that they ended up winning thanks to Kai Havertz. Also gone. Um, he will always have the hat trick versus Burnley. But one thing is very certain. Christian Pulisic needs to play day in, day out. He needs to be kept healthy somehow. And he needs to work for a manager, a manager that wants him there. And Stefano Pioli specifically requested Christian Pulisic to come in. And I, I the more I think about it, the more I absolutely love this for CP10 because Rafa Leal is so much attention is going to be paid to him. The right wing still a question mark. Salem Ockers, Messias, whoever it is. But him linking back up with a whole bunch of Chelsea castoffs makes me so excited because the Ross and Ari are going to have a chip on their shoulder that's a little bit blue. Because now you've got Fakayo Tamori, Christian Pulisic, Olivier Giroud, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek now that all wore that Chelsea badge that want to go and that want to make 
it not a one-off thing, AC Milan winning the Scudetto again. So CP10 finally finding a home. He's 24. He's got so much to do. And I, I, I really hope it happens here. I really mm. hope it happens here, but I'm excited about it. Tell me, I mean, what, well, yeah, what's your non-biased take on it? My non-biased like take, Pulisic? I think it's yeah. the right deal for Chelsea to get rid of Christian Pulisic. And I think it's the right Fair deal enough. for Christian Pulisic. So he's going to okay. be paying attention. It's the right move for him. And yep. I, I am excited to see what's going to happen. But tell us, you yep. you guys, tell us your under-the-radar transfers to watch and what you think about Pulisic going to AC Milan. And do not forget to like this video if you're listening. Until now, people. Woo! Yep. But I wanted to say, start bench cell. Since you're mentioning oh Pulisic, this, Pulisic, that, what do you think about the move to Milan? I wanted to ask you another question, Breton. Yeah. <laughs> Since it's the last time I can do it because th these three players will not be together at Chelsea anymore. Who would you, you start know? bench sell between? Christian Pulisic, Mikhailo Mudrik, <laughs> and Raheem Sterling. Who would you start oh. bench sell with these three players, Breton? Do you have any oh choices? Oh my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Okay, uh, yeah, this is where my bias comes through. But uh, listen, Christian Pulisic uh, against Mexico is Christian Pulisic. That's the one I know. That's that's who I know, okay? <laughs> uh, but if we're using Chelsea form, it becomes a whole lot more difficult. Christian Pulisic right now, uh, I, I'm going to say I, I'm going to start Christian Pulisic. I'm going to bench Mikhailo Mudrik because I think he's still got a lot to learn and a massive ceiling. And I'm going to sell Raheem Sterling because he hasn't really done too much uh, for anyone. As of late. And the best move that was made was Manchester City selling Raheem Sterling and taking $55 million, uh, 55 million euros uh, for that. Uh, CP10 is 24. And when he's injured, he doesn't do anyone a favor. Uh, but I really, really think he's a game changer when he starts playing well. And if you watch USA Mexico, you've gotten a taste of it as of late. If the last game you saw was him in a Chelsea shirt, then I completely understand you killing me in the comment section right now, and I will take it, and I will wear it as a cape. But Mikhailo Mudrik, um, we've all seen him in the U21 Euros. And this kid you. is comfortable. This kid can play really, really well, and he has become the best friend of that midfielder that is on the end of every one of his assists. Mudrik can cook. Uh, I just don't know if he can do it in the Premier League just yet. I think he will, though. I think he will. I'm confident I, I about it. And I would start Mikhailo Mudrik. I would bench Raheem Sterling, and I would sell Christian Pulisic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen, Raheem Sterling has a history that is much richer than Christian Pulisic. I completely understand that. But as of late... What what have what has Raheem Sterling done for anybody lately? He did do, he did have bits too in the past for England in which he was important, but not important Absolutely. enough to win a title for England. So people yeah. put down below your thoughts about this one. But this is <laughs> this is this is a start bench shell. I'm yeah. extremely proud of my answer because I'll 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 answer first this one because start bench okay. shell with a Ronald Araujo with a Delict and with a Saliba. Okay, because I think people have big doubts because Saliba had a big season for Arsenal. It's not anymore a Saliba that just performed in Liga. So, no. the league does not have his prime right now. So, I'm going to say, start Ronald Araujo. I would bench William Saliba, and I would unfortunately sell in this form Matias Delict. I want to see the leader I once saw at Ajax. I think he's growing at Bayern, but it's clear to me that Ronald Araujo is the best center back in the world next to Ruben Dias, 100%. Yeah. So I wanted to clearly yeah. state that. Clearly state that. <laughs> Let, let's, 
Okay, I, I see only facts here. There are only facts here. So I am going to completely agree with you, and I'm not even really going to give you my reasoning. Although what I do see <laughs> is I can see Delete forming an incredible partnership with uh, Min Jae Kim. Mm -hmm. At some point in the near future, whenever the heck that deal gets actually over the line. Um, I, I think Delete with Upa Makano has not necessarily worked out as well as people have wanted it to. Uh, Delete is the better of the two, and there's no doubt about that, but mm -hmm. uh, it seems but, tough. He's... But He's a buyer player. He holds value. So, yeah, I, I'm still going to go Ronaldo Rujo. I'll start. I'll bench Saliba and I'll sell Delete. And if I put Kvardiol, would you still, what would yeah. you, would you change Kvardiol uh, from Delict? Would you change that order? Because uh, uh -huh. Kvardiol, yes. would you put him ahead of yes. Saliba? I would. Okay. I would. That's I why would. since he's I, paying the 100 million. And that's, yeah, and that's exactly. And that's coming from somebody that thinks Gavardial didn't have necessarily last season and a hundred million season, right? Mm -hmm. But you're buying also, um, you're buying also his future. You're buying that this guy can turn into a behemoth. That's true. You know that he is already world class, but he can do so much better. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I think he will do so much better. And I think that if they do spend. Uh, you know, another hundred million on another defender, Manchester City, that is. Mm -hmm. um, Josco Gavardial will not disappoint. Um, I would actually, it's just whether or not, you know, Ronaldo Rujo, I think you have to then bring into the conversation, dude, he's injury prone. No, but he, he's, he's fixing that. He's though. injury prone. He's fixing that, I know. though. Because with time, a player as tall as he is, like, you need to develop yeah. a lot your body muscle and all that. And I think yeah. he's finally got into that sweet spot in terms of recovery a bit like Holland too I think Ronald yeah. and Holland suffer because of their height and their and their body but, but they win but he's got <laughs> yeah he's got how many years he's got how many years the senior on exactly. uh on Gavardial exactly right? no, so Gavardial I mean you could make that same argument about Gavardial but Gavardial has been Iron Man for RB Leipzig um, and you know, he's know. been a massive part of the reason why they've won two trophies, yeah. even though Bayern continues to win the Bundesliga, they've at least got their first two trophies in the bag. I believe it or not think of all could do uh, well with another season and another season of champions league football and, uh, in the Bundesliga, but I don't think it's going to happen. And I wanted to say too, it's disrespectful from ESPN not uh -oh. to put the league in their, in, in the top five, top 10 list okay he absolutely should be in the top 10 list and it should be ruben diaz number one with ronald Rouge next to him okay definitely definitely ronald Rouge is ahead of the league guardiol saliba all of them in my opinion it, it it's so bonkers just even just thinking about that, that stuff so anytime you rank a top 10 and you're as uh pervasive of a media outlet as espn is um you're inviting, I think this is what they want, but you're inviting so much interaction, mostly negative. But, uh, because you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But Delete, come on. Like, and, what he was doing at 18 mm -hmm. uh, just pales in comparison. And, and he, while his trajectory has not been straight, he's just further proof that development is not a straight line up. Completely. It will never be a straight line up. But Delete is still a world-class defender that apparently you and I both want to sell. <laughs> well, compared to Guardiola and, and Saliba. But let me just do this one too, and then you can do me this sure. one. That All right. start bench shell with Jude Bellingham, with Kamavinga, yeah. and with Pedri this season. Who would you start okay. bench shell with these top three midfielders in terms of youngsters? Like, they're in the stage of their own. 
So who would you oh start bench sell with these three players? Because you must have an oh answer thought gosh. in your head. Uh, I, I must. I, I must. <laughs> I, I feel like we've done this before, but I feel like the last time we did it, Pedri was injured. So in my mind, it made it so much easier. Um, I, I, I think I think I'm going to I'm going to start Bellingham. I'm going to bench Pedri and I'm going to sell Kamavinga because oh. of his newfound versatility. His newfound versatility. And hey, if everyone's seen the uh, video of Kamavinga in goal with his family <laughs> shooting on him, who knows? Maybe he could play goalkeeper or as well. Or striker. But when it comes... Yeah, hell, or striker. And Stad Renee, you know, whatever. Uh, we just talked and, and waxed poetic about them. But listen, Jude Bellingham, uh, I think it's because he's more primal, more like outgoing about his leadership, more um, I think verbal he's and more, you know... Pedri. Yeah. He's that unspoken Pedri leader. does everything. Un exactly. Exactly. And I think right now, for some reason, I'm definitely, they're phenomenal. Both of them are insane. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes down to it, uh, Pedri is definitely a better baller. Right. Out and out baller. But those kind of un intangibles, I think Jude Bellingham has that, mm -hmm. like that will to win, that will to whatever. Now, Pedri has that will to win, too. So I don't know what the heck I'm saying. <laughs> but as of right now, I'm going to start Bellingham. I'm going to bench Pedri and I'm going to sell Kamavinga due to his versatility. Oh, and my goodness, that, this could good. change day to day. It should be good as What's versatility, yours? man. <laughs> but I'm starting Pedri. Oh. I'm starting Pedri. Yeah. I am benching Jude Bellingham and I'm selling to Kamavinga. Pedri Kamavinga. is an unspoken leader that the future of Barca depends on the future of Pedri too. I really believe next season, Pedri will be spoken in the top three uh, midfielders talk. Pedri. He's going to be so important in the rhythm of Barcelona and the Champions League success that they will have too. I got, I believe that will yeah. be the case. But oui, fair enough. That was hard, man. It, it, it's yeah. a hard one. It's that easy. But put down below your start bench cells until now and suggestions of start bench cells for us to do during this transfer window because we have time to speak about these things. But Bretton, yes. get me. You're telling yeah. me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're telling well, me you had one. You had one oh, to do, yeah. Oh yes. I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just, uh, just you know, phased out for a second. All right, I got one for you. Enzo Fernandez, Moises Caicedo, and Manu Ugart. Oh, oh, hey, that's a hard one. That's all. I, mm -hmm. I really rate Ugart, but I would start Enzo Fernandez because I, the importance he had for Argentina. They won a World Cup because of him. Obviously, Messi, the main yeah. player. Moises Caicedo. Yep. This development has been insane for Brighton. So I would bench him and I would unfortunately sell Ugart. That I think is wow. a great signing from PSG. It hurts me yep. so much to start Enzo, bench Caicedo and sell Ugart. Because I really rate Ugart so highly. One of the best young CDMs in the world. But Caicedo and Enzo, if those two were together at Chelsea. Whew, Pochettino has an yep. elite midfield in the making. So... Well, I guess guess what? I think I think you and I would think that we are aligned here, but I do have a switch. Mm. Okay, I really do feel that Ugart's performances in the Champions League for Sporting and how this guy Sporting were out in the group stage for Arsenal. They were out in the group against stage Arsenal. He got, what did... against Arsenal, but they were out in the group stage. They went to the Europa League after that, out in the group stage, and he still, still led the Champions League in. Uh, tackles one per 90, and he was second in tackles one overall, okay? 
So Sporting, I, I mean, Manuel Ugart, I think, is another one that is just a, a destroyer presence. I think he's going to be one of the signings of the season. Mm -hmm. And I think PSG did right by overpaying right now for that amount. I mean, just think what Paulinho went for how much and how, how much of a success he was in the Premier Fox. League. Now look at Ugart, many years his junior, uh, literally just continuing to figure out the game and continuing to excel exponentially. I honestly believe that this is my reasoning for still starting Enzo. I'm not that stupid. Benching <laughs> Ugart, and I'm going to sell Caicedo Yeesh. until he can do it, until he can do it in the Champions League or do it in Europe. That's okay? bold. Now, That's bold. Coming, you did it coming in the World Cup, So he did. But coming from a guy who is so incredibly high on Caicedo and has been for years, years, <laughs> um, I, I still think Ugard did not get enough um, good press for what he did last season. I, I agree. And a lot of sporting players deserve more press, uh, and they seem to get it after they leave the club. The yeah. likes of Palinha, Bruno Fernandes, Nuno Mendes, Matheus Nunes. Matheus okay. He could be better, but he's a baller yeah. too. So it's like they mm -hmm. deserve all the attention. And... Yeah, I like it. I like that take on Ugart. And people, okay. it's not too unreasonable to say that, like considering that he will be a starting, a starter, 100% a starter at PSG. So, yeah, tell Absolutely. us down below your start bench still with that. But the last one, <laughs> it's we have a bit yep. of a help of Aguero in this one because Aguero it said to the world his top three strikers, okay, ever in the history of football. And it had Thierry, it had Kun Aguero, and it had... Ronald Nazario, R9. So, between these three players, Bretton, that Aguero has told mm -hmm. us, who would you start bench sell between Thierry, Ronald Nazario, and Luis Suarez? <laughs> oh, Luis Suarez. Oh, God. This and is Luis just Suarez. inviting. It's inviting. This is just inviting, like, catastrophe in the comments section, buddy. <laughs> uh, for the enigma of what Ronaldo Nazario was. Mm-hmm. And how dominant he was when he was that dominant. I I'm going to say Ronaldo Nazario, I would start. Um, assuming we have the Ronaldo we're all talking about, mm -hmm. right? This is prime. Uh, this is prime, yeah. Prime okay, talk. so this is prime. I would then bench Suarez, and I would sell Thierry Henry. And this is from a guy, this is from a guy that had Thierry Henry on his wall growing up because 1998, I actually went to that World Cup. That I probably just dated how old I am. But 1998 was one of the most kind of mm -hmm. the craziest moments of my entire life. And Thierry Henry was the young guy uh, amidst a bunch of older dudes uh, making their statement uh, at their home and winning France their first World Cup in 1998. And Thierry Henry then became one of my favorite players. I, I, why am I selling him? Because Luis Suarez in his prime, uh, where he was with Barcelona, was virtually un unstoppable one of the best times. number nines uh, ever in the history of football yes 100 percent. yeah i i i actually i agree with that thierry henry uh also had his moments but i don't think as consistently as Luis suarez was mm, um so. thierry henry still a legendary but ronaldo nazario i think is head and shoulders above both of them in his prime yeah ballon d'or winner ballon d'or winner yeah. too so i would start ronald nazario I would bench Luis Suarez and I would sell Thierry. I really, I, I, and I believe Thierry is one of the best uh -huh. players that have never won a Ballon d'Or that deserve to win one. Yes. But Luis Suarez, yes. as a number nine, is the best I've ever seen. I've ever yeah. seen, okay? He was so special yeah. at Barca and Ronald Nazario was so dominant at his, at his peak. Ronald Nazario so literally 
Like he got, he was called for Brazil, and Romário was uh, was was uh, called out. Okay, and Romário is one of the best strikers ever in the history of the game. So I'm going to reiterate: Ronaldo Nazário start, bench Luis Suarez, and selling Thierry that is a baller too. But these two, greatness, man. And anyone that ever wants to throw whatever the ear to disease way, both Ronaldo Mm -hmm. and Luis Suarez got their first calling in Europe, in the Netherlands. Ah, right? It's true. And they, they both balled out there before they made... Groningen so and PSV. Is, great it, absolutely. great mention. It's, it's really, really important to remember that, that, that the developmental... I mean, you need a place where you can play right away. That's, That's why a lot of us were a little bit nervous when Vinicius Jr. signed right away for Real Madrid. Good point. Right? That's, you know, and in the end, it's great that it has worked out mm-hmm. very well, I might add. But... There were thoughts, there will always be thoughts, that the first place you need to go is a place like Belgium or the Netherlands. Uh, or these days, the, the Bundesliga will play a lot of youth. So um, that developmental step is absolutely key. And right. the Netherlands is just amazing at it. But so people... I'm, I'm hoping the same happens with Ricardo Pepe, buddy. We'll <laughs> or like what happened to Xavi Simmons. That was elite. Exactly. But people, put yeah. down below your start bench cells you'd like us to talk and your answers of these start bench cells. And if you're listening until yeah. now, don't forget to like this video. And now, Please. final topic. Under-21 tournaments has been phenomenal, okay? And so many talents have brewed in to watch okay you must pay attention to a lot of these players so before we get to it do not forget to like this video for more topics just like this and pay attention because now (laughs) it's going to be exciting to see because it's an 11 the people will have Mm -hmm. answers and names that they can say to their friends and i can assure you a lot of these players that we're going to be mentioning in five to ten years time they might be uh, legends for their teams i'm going to say that i'm going to say that Uh, so Goalkeeper, I think we got the same goalkeeper, James Trafford. Unreal he's been in the under-21 Euros for England. They haven't suffered a goal until the final. That's unreal, and that happens because of a leader in goal like James Trafford. So please pay attention to him that he's going to Burnley too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's going to Burnley for quite a bit. And uh, James Trafford is a Manchester City player who has not played necessarily a lick of... Premier League football mm. or first tier p- football anywhere. He, he has actually Bolton. spent his time at League One with the Bolton Wanderers. You're exactly right. And he's been good for them, but he hasn't been great. But he has stepped it up a notch in the U21 Euros. Uh, he's only 20 and uh, 19 million pounds seems a pretty penny to pay. But Manchester City has this down. Mm-hmm. Let them go on loan, let them ball out and then sell them because it's very unlikely that they wind up being that number one. And then, you know, I don't know, buy him back later if they become absolute superstars. <laughs> but James Trafford has not yet conceded a goal uh, and up until this final. And um, he's actually a massive reason why. And he's beating some really good yeah. other goalkeepers like Anatoly Trubin, who likely will be next in line to replace Andre Onana at Inter Milan if he goes to Manchester United. It's so true. James Trafford, just what I think it's a testament, not just to England, but it's a testament to their whole defense. And Mamadishvili yeah. Mama 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 yes. of uh, Valencia, yeah, that, the Georgian goalkeeper. Um, That's a hard name to Mama, say, man. Marchvili. <laughs> yes. He is phenomenal too. <laughs> he was Valencia's goalkeeper last season, might be making a move uh, upwards at some point because okay. Valencia needs cash and they need it soon. But he is a reason why Georgia 
uh, did really, really well. So goalkeepers, uh, trap, trap. Mamarch Vile, yeah. Trafford, Lunil, Lunin, all played in the under 21 yeah. Euros and all deserve a move. So pay attention yeah. to these goalkeepers. So my defense there of the go. under 21 Euros has James Trafford in goal. I have Juan Miranda at left back. I have Levi Colville and Ta Ta Taylor Hardwood Bellis in, in defense. Like, I had to have the Check. England defense. No goal suffer. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the right, Victor Gomez of Sporting Club de Braga. My two well, fullbacks, too, are in Spain because they have been successful. And Arnaud Martinez, watch him. Okay, great player. He deserves a move, too, from Girona. Another great fullback yes. in the Spanish I national agree. team. Under 21. Daily Blinn's new club, Girona, ah. we might add. <laughs> uh, all right, well, my defense is actually a little bit different. Um, I, I didn't go full-on England. Actually, I did, just not the two center backs. Um, but I'm going to go a goalkeeper is James Trafford, understandably so. Left back, I'm going to go with Maxim de Kuyper, mm. uh, Belgium. Big breakout tournament, um, huge talent for Westerlo and could make a big move. Uh, my two center backs are Levi Colville, although you could put Taylor Hardwood Bellis. I feel like they're interchangeable. <laughs> but my other center back, I had to give a shout-out to Georgia um, I had to go with Saba Sazanov, who has been, it could be a really shrewd pickup for like a Lyon team, a Syria team. And my right back is going to be the converted right back, James Garner, <laughs> who currently is contracted, if I'm not mistaken, to Everton. And dang it, Everton, play this man. Maybe not as a right back, but he has shown he can play right back. He is uh, great from United's, Manchester United's Academy. He has been stellar for England. Uh, at right back in the U21 Euros, and um, I hope it continues. I really, really would like to see him do well in the Premier League this season because he deserves it. Interesting mentions. I like that. I like that. And yeah, I have a I ha just to say to Georgia. You gotta mention Georgia in terms of defense. What you mentioned now, Sazanov and Sazanov, Mamar yeah. Dashvili. Okay, these two hey. players. They didn't start in the team. My team, at least. But they're gonna, they deserve the moves. It's not just Kvisha Kvaratskhelia. So Georgia were unbelievable in these under-21 Euros. But we might be mentioning Absolutely. some wingers forward. <laughs> but midfielders, under-21 midfielders. My best midfield has Tonali. He was clearly like a class of his own in the CDM. I'm gonna, Akakre yeah. was special too, but Tonali I'm going to put ahead. I'm going to put yeah. Morgan Gibbs-White that he's been immense. Okay, he's got... He's got five goals and eight assists in the Premier League. A clear, clearly better than a lot of the rest. And my other players, Ryan Shirky. So my midfield has Tonali, Morgan Gibbs-White, and Ryan Shirky at the 10 roll. Because Shirky, the talent, like the eloquence, this is what this is a top player at Leon. I hope next yeah. season he grabs the opportunity and he becomes a star in a league that needs stars when Mbappe leaves. So come on, Ryan Let Shirky. Yeah, this this was yeah. I mean, I I have Gibbs White placed elsewhere in this uh, mainly because I'm trying to pigeonhole him. But in. it's hard not uh, to put Bayern and Blanco in my in my end because the Spain oh, midfield has been, has been unreal. If I look, if yeah. I'm any team, I'm getting Antonio Blanco. Seeing Real mm -hmm. Madrid sign non-stop midfielders, top midfielders too. I don't want to say they're bad, but Antonio Blanco is there, 22 years old. Sign him up. What a player! I'm, Makes a difference. I'm with him. Oh, and yeah. Bayern uh, too, yeah. And that's why, you know, this final is so fitting in, in a lot of ways. Antonio Blanco, you're if you talk about the Spanish team in the U21 Euros, you're going to talk about all the goals they've scored, right? They've scored the most out of everyone in the tournament up until the final. 13 goals. 
Uh, and you're not going to talk that much about Antonio Blanco, but he's a big reason why they have that setting to be able to then go and attack, right? Um, whereas England, you're going to talk more about that defense, rightfully so, when their offense is uh, just Cole, as good. Cole Palmer, right? man. Jacob Ramsey and, and Cole Palmer and uh, um, what's his name? Gomez in the middle has been phenomenal yes. for them and more of like a whole role on El Gomez. Uh, but you're going to talk mostly about their defense. Why? Because they conceded zero goals and have five straight clean sheets up until this final. So it, it's it's pretty crazy that, you know, Antonio Blanco gets kind of kicked out of here because we're going to have a whole lot of Spanish players probably in our, <laughs> in our forwards. So anyway, I just had to say that because it, there's, you know, a team is a team. Yeah, My true. midfield's a little bit weird. Uh, <laughs> I have Sandra Tonali, but I had to bring up like, Anytime Oscar Glauk was on the field for Israel, Israel was a much better team. Now they wound up, you know, getting kicked out. But like, losing to dude, yeah. semi final in your first U21 Euros, Oscar Glauk, that ain't happening if you didn't have Oscar Glauk. It's that simple. And he's one of the youngest players in this particular tournament. So I think he deserves to be there, even though, yes, I 100% agree, Morgan Gibbs White uh, has taken England to the final, mm -hmm. right? But they're like four years difference there. And I wanted to put Oscar Glauk in the spotlight. Uh, the other guy I'm going to bring up is Georgi Sudikov. Uh, Shakhtar, Ukrainian player, uh, gets on the end of Mudrik's phenomenal uh, playmaking ability. Mm -hmm. um, but three goals in five games. You could tell there was a connection between the two of them. Um, and Sudikov just was phenomenal, um, mm -hmm. in, in my opinion. And if you're not sniffing around Shakhtar Donetsk um, for a new player, this kid was 20 years He is 20 years old, and he could definitely take a step up. Um, what a game I think against Bundesliga. France. What a game yeah, against France a... he had. Like two goals against France, 3-1 win. Yep. Clear impact from yeah. Mudrik too. So great Huge. mention that you're Huge. doing at Sudakov. Like Shakhtar losing uh -huh. maybe Sudakov and Andriy Lunin in one transfer yeah. window. <laughs> under 20 euro, no. under 21 euros ain't helping them. <laughs> no, financially they are. So, but it, mentioning... It's a snap, snap back to normalcy some, yeah. except we don't have the Brazilian contingent in Shakhtar anymore. And one day maybe we'll have that back and I hope it's someday soon. Let's see, like with the forwards now of the under 21 100%. euros, oof, they can be hard, but my choices were clear. I have at left wing, I have Sergio Gomes. My striker yeah. is Abel Ruiz. I really think Abel Ruiz was the best striker in the under 21 euros next to Zeki Abduni. He has three goals and his two assists are absolutely vital in the build-up play that it shows by being involved with that. Abel Ruiz and my, right, um, and my other winger is Mudrik. Mudrik's impact for Ukraine is insane, okay? And Mudrik was one of the best players in the under-21 Euros. Seeing Mudrik there, Levi Colville, Sandro Tonali, Sergio Gomes, like Openda was there. The, uh, the, yep. the talent collection <laughs> of the under-21 Euros was insane. And I want to give a special yeah. shout-out to the Georgian wingers of Davi Davia Chili, Vili, mm -hmm. and C. Uh, Stavshvili. Okay, I'm butchering these two players, but they're excellent wingers. One at Dinamo Batumbi and another one at Bordeaux. Pay attention to these yep. Georgian wingers because it's not just Kvaratskhelia. It's Tavyachili and Siavchavili. I'm sorry for butchering them, but they're ballers. <laughs> but they're it ballers. An attempt. Pay attention. It was a people. solid attempt. Oh, I, I give you an A for effort. <laughs> F, F for performance. But oh, no, I, I think... I. I um would love to see them on on larger lumps. Yes. I'd love to see them make a move. And at least, you know, those Georgian wingers, um, I forget which one it was, but he gave us probably the goal of the tournament. Uh, um, it was Tiashvili. Yeah. 
So yeah, okay. I'm not even going to attempt it because you already have. Uh, but I, I, I like it. And our, I think really the only difference here is my right wing. I think Mudrick was definitely good enough to be here. I think Barcola gets a shout. Yes. Um, heck, I think if you know you could go a full Spanish front line and put Rodri Sanchez, uh, the Real Betis good player, play. uh, up here as well. Uh, but I didn't do any of that. I do have Sergio Gomez at left wing. I have Abel Ruiz at the top. And then my right winger, I pigeonholed here uh, because he's not a winger. But I, I threw Morgan Gibbs-White here, mm. um, which, which I know is the wrong thing to do because, come on, you have to be tactically perfect. No Anthony no, Gordon. Just hold <laughs> no, no Anthony Gordon yet. No. Uh, and no Cole Palmer, who actually is an out-and-out right winger, right? I mean, he could have been here based on his semifinal performance alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's great to see. And listen, um, England is playing Spain. England hasn't won since 1984, the last time they were in the final. They gave us gems in 2009 with Lee Cattermole, Mark Noble, Micah Richards, James Milner, and Joe Hart were all on the pitch in some capacity for <laughs> England back when they were in a U21 Euro final. So how's that for a blast from the past? Whereas Spain have now made, let me see if I get this six. right. They've won five. six. They've won six, and they uh, they have five of the last seven finals that they've taken a part in. Oh, Spain, if you need to understand it, Spain obviously is a whole lot more than Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets. <laughs> but my goodness, that was a golden portion of their time. But they have been routinely generating some of the best, some of the best talent on the planet for years. That's true. For years. And it's it's really impressive. And I think England has caught up dramatically, okay. caught up massively. Because if you look at some of the players and what we know that they'll likely go on to do for this U21 Euro team... Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's really really impressive. And so two very deserving teams in this final, um, and getting to this final because they have been dominant for the most part and all along the way. Some a lot of these players they were too like Abel Ruiz, Juan Miranda. They were in the under seventeen World Cup final yeah. that they played against True. England too. So it's interesting yeah. to see how in the future everything seems to pan out and and they go against each other once again. Oh, it's so interesting. Yes, but. I don't want to forget the Dutch talents and to the Portuguese talents, okay? Pedro Neto, Chico yeah. Sissão, Fabio Silva, João Neves being there too. João Neves mm-hmm. was instrumental for Portugal. We went through in the knockout stages because of João Neves' goal and be excited to watch João Neves next season at Benfica. Wanted to say that. I- and the Dutch talents with Brian Broby, Kenneth Taylor, Quinton Timber. You had many, many good players. And Belgium too, sorry. De Bast. You got, you got, uh, ah, just even like the goalies. Koiper, uh, yeah. yeah. You have Martin van der, der Voort one and side. More. Then you yep. have Bart, that's Bart, uh, Bart, ah, Verbruggen. 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 That's going to Brighton. So a lot of good yes, players sir. from Dutch, the Dutch team and the Belgian team. But it, just in terms of performance, Spain and, and England definitely have an edge. But Pete, ah, but yeah. s- let's, let's, saying our 11s, just, just wanted to say, my best Sorry. under twenty under twenty one euros. My best under twenty one euros. Eleven has James Trafford in goal. It has Juan Miranda, Levi Colville, and Tyler Arwood Bellis at center back with Vitor Gomez at the right back. And then in my three in midfield, I have Sandro Tonali, I have Ryan Cherky, and Morgan Gibbs White. And my fun trio has Mudrik. It has Abel Huish. Come on, Braga. And it has uh, and it has Sergio Gomez. But shout out to like. uh, Anthony Gordon and two players being of Sporting Club Braga, Abel Ruiz and Vitor Gomez. 
There you go. All right. My 11 is, we have a lot of similarities here, but some different. Okay. Mm. My 11 for the U21 Euros is, goalkeeper is James Trafford. My left back is Maxim de Kuiper of Belgium. My two center backs are Levi Colville of England and Saba Sazanov. Big shout out to Georgia. Right back is converted right back James Garner for <laughs> England. My midfield is Tonali, Italy, Oscar Glauk. Key for Israel's semifinal run, Georgi Sudikov for Ukraine. And my front, I love that you call it a 3-0. My front trio is uh, Sergio Gomez and Abel Ruiz. And then I threw Morgan Gibbs-White up there, who played a little <laughs> more advanced. But it, it, there are so many names here. This is why you got to pay attention to these, oh, these youth my... tournaments. It's it's wonderful, wonderful. And right now, U21 Euros is ending. U19 Euros is just starting out. And right now, it looks like Spain is one of the hottest teams to watch. So Portugal. definitely start paying attention to that. Portugal. Or follow the podcast. And Portugal. we'll be doing that. Portugal, too. Oh, yeah. Uke Felix. Certain... Hugo Felix, Felix, yeah. Yeah, man. Hugo Felix, two goals, two assists yeah. already in the other 19 European competition. Rodrigo Ribeiro, as many players as I love that player. So, people, pay attention to our under 19 team. And Gonçalo Ribeiro, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Great goalkeeper, yeah. too, from Football Club do Porto. But, people, did we forget any name? Let us know hey. in the comments section. And if you're listening until now, don't forget to like this video. Oi, another podcast is done. If you want to mention any topic that we forgot to mention, put down below in the comment section. Do not forget to like episode 103 because this was a long one with so much that we have mentioned. I am sweating. Yeah. <laughs> the heat here in Portugal. Thanks. It's the fourth hottest day ever in, in, in worldwide, okay, in the globe. That is fucked. So here in Portugal, we ain't stopping. And we may have surprises to announce. No, we not may have. We do. Have surprises to announce next month. Okay, <laughs> we're about to go bold again next month. So, people, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you need to follow more podcasts. Thank you for listening <laughs> until now, and thank you for going bold, people. <laughs>